What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Big Bike BMX. My name is Isaac, and today I have my friend, my ride or die homeboy, 80s BMX Craig. What's up, 80s BMX Craig? In the house. What's going on, dude, man? Hanging, hanging with you. Well, it's a, that's a perfect thing to be doing because we are talking to uh, what what I have what what you may have heard is BMX greatest hang around freestyles favorite homie, everybody's best friend in freestyle. We have you guys, Large Ray. What's up, Ray? Hey, what's up, guys? Thanks for having me. I'm okay, excited. First, I love first off, dude, please pronounce your last name because I've only read it in magazines. I've never heard it pronounced. And so are, is it, are you good with Large Ray, just being called Large Ray? or do you, no, want me to- you can call me anything you want. Large Ray is cool. Uh, my, my, my name on my, on my birth certificate is Raymond Joseph Schleckweg Jr. So my last name is Schleckweg. It's two syllables. And it means Schleckweg. it means bad way in German. So my name's Ray Badway. And <laughs> perfect. <laughs> nice. And you live up to that because uh we will get into that. We will get into that. But uh first, Craig, did you want to ask about the hat? I gotta ask about the hat, man, because you don't want me to see the hat until right now. So I need to is that a oh dude, does that say Seppi on it? It says Ray, Seppi, Seppi and Biz. Seppi and Diz. Ray. Yeah, Seppi's uh, girlfriend make, makes these hats. She's like a designer, like a fashion designer chick or something. And Seppi just sent me this the other day. He sent me a box of some stuff. And um, this is Diz and Seppi. I think this is the this might be one of the one of the things they use for their back to school bash. Dude, um, maybe that I don't, I, I don't like a foam hat. I, I broke it out because I see you guys always got the hats on. So I was like, I got to break out the foam hat tonight, man. Bro, I, I saw that hat. I saw that hat, I think, on maybe Facebook or Instagram or whatever. And my the first thing I was like, but is it squishy? How's the squish? Dude, like, that's, yes. Yes. It's squishy. It's got the little thing, if you can see that. Yeah, dude. Well, if it's I would have known it was a foam hat party, uh, I would have <laughs> brought mine. But obviously, you're not going to top large rays. Uh, you know, foam hat. He's got the rope on it too. I mean, that's just so yeah. legit. And it's from Seppi and designed by Seppi's lady. Yeah. Win, 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 win. Did you have a foam hat when you were a kid, Craig? Everyone had one. Do you remember your favorite? I stole them from my grandfather, dude. Who didn't steal like a couple old golf hats or whatever? So, you know, says some like Chevron refinery on it with the with the gold <laughs> leaves or you know the rope yeah. or a pro bass shop, whatever it was. Right, yeah, man, right. I rock those. Mine, I think, I know I, I for sure had one that was Ghostbusters, but dude, my favorite one I ever had, it had Mork, it said Mork on it, and it had like a little egg, and I was like, dude, I wore that every day in like first grade or kindergarten or whatever, man, that was my hat of choice, my Mork from Ork hat. Nanu, um, Nanu. Nanu, Nanu, yeah, dude. All right, so Large Ray, dude, first of all, tell me about like, so you guys, we all know large ray from the 80s in the freestyle scene but you're joining and you're seeing large ray with a philly ripper and i oh i was gonna say king of prussia's large ray i, me, oh, I messed up your intro bro. <laughs> you messed it up do it I again did. no you don't have to yeah yeah okay so tell me tell me about your city your hometown because that's that's where i originally was like you know it was like gary pollock and large ray all the time but we'll get into the 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 how you got into the scene but tell me about the Midwest or not Midwest, but Philly Midwest. East coast, East, East coast. coast. It's like hardcore yeah, yeah. East coast. 
East yeah. East Coast riding because you're you're familiar with rideouts. So you've been yeah. you went to the Philly rideout just this year. Yeah. Tell me about like your your current riding history. What you're doing now? Well, my current riding history is is I show up at these rideouts uh, on an e bike <laughs> and just and just hang out with a bunch of people, smoke a cigar, um, talk to you know see Todd Line, say hi to him, take a bunch of pictures with a couple people that are like old friends and then we cruise around and that's pretty much it. Um, I, um, but I love going to the events. They're awesome. We've had, they've had about gosh, maybe five or six in Philly. And like um, the first, the first one or two are huge. And the last one wasn't as big, but um, they're so much fun. And to see, to see that many bikes like BMX bikes. And then like, it's just, it's so much fun. I, I love going to them. It's killer. It's- the same, like Craig and I, like Craig and I talk about all the time, like Ray, if I were to tell you, Hey man, when you are, you know, 50, 49, I'm 49. So when I'm, if I would have said, Isaac, when you're 49 years old, you are still going to have a bunch of homies that you meet up with on the weekends and ride bikes all over town. I would have been like, heaven is real. Like this is real. And do what's it like for you? to have that, to be able to look at that and go, man, I'm still riding bikes. It's still, yeah, we talk, it's still there. Yeah. What, what you just said, we talk about that all the time. Um, I, I'm going to be turning 53 next week. And I look at all, like I, I talk to Mark Eaton pretty much like every day. He's my homie from like way back. And we talk every, every day and I'm like, who would have thought at like 53 that like, even like when we go to one of these ride outs and you'll see, you'll see a dude show up on like a GT or a Haro and they just kind of like look over and they look at you. And then you just, you just go over and you're like, Hey, what's up? And they're like, uh, Hey, what's up, Ray? And I'm like, yo, what's up, dude. And then you start talking and it's like, and the dude's like, you know, the same age as me. They might live over in Jersey. They're like, this is awesome. I, I saw this on, on Facebook and I came out. I can't believe you guys are here. Blah, blah, blah. And you're instantly best friends. You start looking at the bike. You start talking about the parts Oh, that, that part broke. Those tires suck or that, that frame's great. You know, just just stuff. You just talking bikes like you did when you were a kid. So that's the part about it that's awesome is meeting people that are like old school that you never met, and then you meet them, and within eight seconds you're best friends. You know, it's awesome. Yeah, Dude. and that's 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 part of this whole thing. Like Isaac and I laugh, and we when we when Isaac flew out here to, to where I live in NorCal. We took a ride out to Santa Cruz, right? Like an hour and a half ride, dude. And it's like if you see somebody with a uh, a sticker on the back window of their truck that says like S&M or whatever you're like yeah. hold on dude Whop, and you're catching up to give them that yeah yeah because you know that's your homie and it's like nothing yeah. has changed with you know in BMX to bike life or whatever through the years it's like you can roll up to someone you know and just be like what's up dude you know how's that haro or just like yeah. just like you said isaac same way man i mean you and i literally became friends just because both of us love bikes and we had a story that kind of matched up it's like we live 100 dude same childhood a hundred percent and that's i mean <laughs> i i look at i look at it like you know thinking about you know we're still riding bikes and you still you you see those things and and to to kind of take it just one little step a little bit deeper um Craig, Craig and I were on a group text with some, with somebody the other day and they're like, Oh yeah, man, I've, I found my old dyno. And, and it's just, a, it's a group text. And I'm like, is it cracked behind the, is it cracked behind the, uh, the C post? He's like, no, yep. dude. And I'm like, he's, I'm like, go look. I was like, then you have the only dyno in existence. 
that didn't have that cracked next to the plate. And he comes back like 10 minutes later, we've moved on, bro. I'm like, it's because we're grown up people just talking in this group text all day long. Like we've moved on. I'm like halfway through a zoom meeting and he's like, yeah, bro, it's cracked. What the fuck? <laughs> like, but that's the thing, dude. Like if, if you're in it, like, you know, you're, that's one of those things like, oh yeah. Like you see someone and they're like, oh yeah, man. Or, or like talking to somebody that, that had a first generation Skyway detangler, that little with the, with the spring thing on it. It was like, yeah, that was the tension. And you're like, bro, how do we even not die? How do we just not die with that as a, as a break option? But I was sitting there and talk like for an hour about like just the crappy parts that we barely lived on. Yeah. It's easy. It's easy to do, man. Um, so I want to, I want to get into how the world found out about large Ray. You know what I mean? It was, like, re- it was real easy. Well, it was easy. What it was is, um, two, two, the, the two main things is uh, Gary Pollock and and our friend Wally. And our friend Wally was when we were when we were sixteen. He was twenty, and he had a car. He had a job, and he had everything we didn't have. But he was in the he was in the freestyle. So um, he took us everywhere. He took us to contests. He took us to shows. He took us to hey, there's a skater ramp down here at the shopping center and we go back in the woods there'd be like 10 skaters skating and then we'd be like hey can we try your ramp and then we'd throw gary on it and gary was like 13 years old he looked like a little girl he was like 12 pounds and he would do like a <laughs> like a five foot air like look back and they'd be like you guys can come here and ride whenever you want and so like so if it wasn't for gary and wally i wouldn't even we wouldn't even be around like we had a crew of like 20 people because of those two basically and then um so then Gary, you know, started going to contest. He got recognized by CW. They were like, hey, this kid's really good. And so then Gary got sponsored by CW. And then I, like, I fell in love with just going to contests and going to shows and just the atmosphere, just like the people and the characters and the bikes and just the situations you get in, like getting in, getting in chases and getting in fights with kids and chasing girls around and being cool and being a dork and all this stuff. So. Um, so like I fell in love with the sport in like 10 seconds and then, um, so then I, I started traveling with Gary and I'd go to contests with Gary and, um, and I love going to contests and I couldn't really do a lot of tricks. You know, I was a big fat dude. Um, I'm very, I'm not athletic. I'm not very good on a bike. And, um, so I'd go to these contests, but I'd have so much fun. And then one day, um, Bob Morales at a contest in Florida, he was like, look, you got to get you got to get out of here and you got to go sit up in the stands because you're causing a ruckus here in the pits. This is what I just posted a video uh, on Instagram, I think, where we all ran out and got his and we carried him. We like after his run, like we did that. And I like jumped on his bike and I'm jumping around on it and stuff. This is like in the middle of the contest. We're just like totally taking over a contest, being like total dicks, you know? And so Bob Ralph's like, you got to get out of here. And um, so I'm sitting up in the stands with, um, with Mark Lumen and um, and Magoo, Gary's manager, and they, they they could see how bummed out I was because I was like, man, all the funds down there, all the riders are down there, and I'm sitting up in the stands with a bunch of, you know, jerkies. And then so the next contest, um, Gary Gary and I are sitting in his, in his kitchen, and Magoo gets on the phone and he goes, hey, I I solved your problem, and I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, well, the whole thing where you can't like be in the pits. I signed you up for the contest next month. 
And I'm like, what am I going to do? And he goes, just, he goes, just bring your bike. You go out there and he goes, you don't have to enter, but it's only 20 bucks to enter the AFA and it's 20 bucks to enter the contest. He's like, so give me 40 bucks when you get here and you can just walk around the pits. And I'm like, okay. So I went, um, I had no helmet. I had no uniform and I'm just like there. And they're like, Hey, you're, you're going in like 15 minutes. And I'm like, what am I going to do? You know? So I just grabbed the tape. I mean, there's a little more planning to it, but it was kind of like, I wasn't planning on riding. Um, I went out, I had, I did like maybe two tricks. Like I literally did a frame stand. I did a frame stand and I don't even know what other tricks I had. And there were, there were like 79 people in my class and I got 78. I beat one person. So in my world, that's first place. (laughs) You know, and I was walking around my chest out. I'm like, dude, I didn't get last. And then every contest, I just started to enter. And I learned I learned a couple more tricks. Um, they'd always put me in the magazine because I I sucked. So I would paint my helmet like an eyeball. I'd put smoke bombs on my bike. I'd ride the goofy songs, you know, like in the beginning of one song, was just going, Satan, Satan, Satan. Just to like, people were like, what's going on here? So I would do anything to just get attention, you know. Um, I, I was the youngest of three boys. so you know how to get attention when you're the youngest, you know? So I just took that to my freestyle career and just, which wasn't a career, but I had tons of fun. I had so much fun. I met every rider. Like, you know, I have story after story of, you know, meeting RL Osborne and then going to his house and hanging out with him. It's like, when's a kid going to go to a con? Like, are you going to go to a, to a basketball game and say hi to Michael Jordan? And then three weeks later, you're going to be at his house, like in Hermosa beach, just like, you know, hanging out, like it doesn't happen in any other sport. So that's the kind of stuff I fell in love with. You know, it was awesome. Dude. Yeah. I mean, like you, you, you lived everyone's dream. You know what I mean? Like it was like, yeah. I, I lived in NorCal and I mean, it was like, I remember like the, the, the fighting for coverage in the magazine, just living five hours North was like yeah. i i may as well have been in hawaii you know it was like carl roth you know but you had to go down you had to go down to southern california to get featured and get yeah. in a magazine right so it was just impossible and then you know i remember it was like i remembered like the smoke bomb comments it was just like every every month opening freestyle and it was like large ray is there and you were like everyone's you were us like you represented the normal like, dude, raise there, raise friends with these people. That means I could be friends with these people. Yeah. And that's where I think we all fell in love with Large Ray, man. Because it was like, you're living the dream that we all wanted to. You're hanging out with the people that we have on our walls. And yeah. you were you were just normal. Like, it wasn't like, like everybody kind of had like a character to play. If you remember the 80s, dude, it was definitely like, there was, there was like, Eddie feel a little bit cocky, you know what I mean? And then it was like, during that phase, everyone kind of played a role. And then right. it was like every then you were just like everyone, you knew everyone. There wasn't like you had you were the proof that you didn't have to pick like your favorite writer. And that was like, oh, I like Eddie, so I can't like uh Brian Blyther. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you were the real deal where where it was just so normal to see. And then I joke about it, like I think you had more coverage than any anybody in the magazines, like you were there every month. Um, what was it like the first time you met, you know, you, you met somebody like from the magazine that was outside of Philly? It's well, it was, it's funny. Um, all my stories are really long, so I'll try, I'll try to give the short version of this. 
Um, the first contest I ever went to was was Ohio, uh, 1986. And before that, we just had like magazines. I maybe had gone to a horror show, um, but the only thing we had was King of the Skate Parks. We had we had 1985 King of the Skate Parks, and we watched it 560 times, like easily 500, maybe a thousand times. We would watch it, we'd rewind it, watch it, rewind it. We knew every song. We know what people like. Here's where the guy scratches his head in the crowd. This is like when this happens. There's, the camera's gonna fall here. This like, there's the hot chick. There, blah, blah blah. We watched the runs like you wouldn't believe. Watched it a hundred, like five five hundred times. So, um, I go to the contest, and we're walking around, and we we get there. We get in the room. I have to go upstairs, like go to the bathroom, and there's a knock on the door. And I open the door, and there's this little blonde haired dude, and he goes. Hey, dude, is Rick here? And I look at the guy and I can't talk. I'm like, uh, who? Rick. Uh, you, he might be in the other room. Oh, I'm in the wrong room. Guy walks away. I'm like, holy shit. I didn't have any money with me. I ran. I got my last five bucks, went down to the, went down to the, um, the front desk, got $5 and quarters, called my friend Mario. I go, Mike Dominguez just knocked on my door and I talked to him. He look, he's looking for some guy named Mickey. I didn't even know what he's talking about. I'm like, like Mickey, Jakey, I don't know who. Looking for Rick, Rick uh, Malaterno. But you would see that, you'd see the king of the skate parks and they'd interview Mike Dominguez. And we saw it 500 times. Mike Dominguez, hey, how you doing today? Blah, blah, blah. And then he was at my door and it was like, it wasn't real. It was like, that dude is here in the, in the hotel. And then we see R.L. Osborne, we see Rich Segur, you know, anybody, like all these people. And we were freaking out. Like I was 16 years old and we got there Friday and we left on Sunday night. I did not sleep the entire weekend. I was up all Friday night. I was up all Saturday night. Couldn't fall asleep. Like Scotty Freeman was there and I was, I was psyched on Scotty Freeman. I'm like, dude, Scotty Freeman is here, dude. He was, he's hanging out with me we went and got a soda at the at the coke machine me and scotty freeman like this is unreal so it was that was like once i hit that scene there i was i was like i needed that high again so i like i was working at burger king making three dollars and ten cents an hour full time at age 16 um going to school and working at burger king full time just to get a plane ticket to go to contests like, I mean, I could have been doing drugs or doing whatever, but I was going to contest, man. I, I couldn't get enough of it. It was so much fun. Dude, I got to say, like, that, that, is, <laughs> that, is free, that, that is freestyle, though. Like, you, like, you, it, it's welcoming. You found your home, right? And, like, I think so many of us did that, dude. And we all did it, like, in our own little way. Sometimes it was like, you know, for me in NorCal, I didn't necessarily have a, a lot of ways to get around, but, man. You would you'd make friends with dudes in other cities, and then all of a sudden, like the Haro team shows up, and then you go to you know you you everyone pulls their money. You find somebody that can drive, has a truck. You drive out like an hour and a half, two hours away to some Haro show, and then like all these dudes that you know from like all these neighboring towns, maybe some dudes you competed against at a local AFA contest. You're like, oh, there's so and so with that. Oh yeah, he's a guy with the ozone. Oh right on, yeah, I remember that guy. And it was like there was this unspoken family that you all congregated at these BMX events. And it was like, what's your newest trick, bro? Let me see what you're doing. And it was, it was that kind of thing. It was so welcoming. 
And then for you on a, on such a big stage like that, where it's like, you know, where I'm stoked to see the dude on the ozone, you're like, Oh yeah. Scotty Freeman's grabbing a soda with me. You know what I mean? It's like, it's that the levels of this is so great. And I think it's so fascinating yeah. and cool. How much um, traveling did you, did you actually do? You, you mentioned that you, you know, you got the plane tickets and stuff, but let's yeah. talk about it, dude. Like, were you, were you doing this on a regular? I know you were only making three ten an hour, bro. That's yeah, it's, it's hard would, to get plane tickets. Yeah, I was making. I was making. Um, what was it? I was. I was making. I was making a hundred dollars a week. So so four hundred a month. I was making, and that's enough for back then. That was a plane ticket. So that'd be enough for a plane ticket. Magoo would just get Gary a ticket and then get me a ticket, and then when I go out there, I just pay him cash. You know what I mean? I'm just like, here's <laughs> here's the money for my ticket. You know. And, um, and then like, I didn't have to pay for, I didn't have to pay for a hotel. I didn't have to pay for, for riding around. I just basically just rode Gary's coattails anywhere he went. I went. And so I went to probably from like, from the time I was 16 till I was 19. I mean, I went to probably 10 to 15 AFA contests, you know, and I um, went to all the local ones. The local ones were awesome. Local contests were great. Um, and then, um, but yeah, I just tried to go to like every contest there was just because they were, they were so much fun. Like there was, there was nothing that was as cool as going to a contest and sitting there and like waiting for, waiting for Kevin Jones and Rick Molitorno to battle out for 19 over expert. And then, you know, like by like 88, all the amateurs were as, were as good as the pros, you know what I mean? Like the, like the 15 15, 16 expert, you guys, you got guys like, like Gary Pollock and uh, Joe Gratola, Carl Roth, um, all these dudes, Mark Eaton, these guys were almost as good as the pros, you know? So watching the contest back then were awesome. And then the nonsense before, during, and after the contest is why I really went, you know what I mean? Like all the stuff in the hotels and being in the airports, like we would, we went to a contest in Texas and we had a we had a um, we had a layover like in Dallas, and we were sitting there at the um, getting ready to board the plane. We look, and there's like 17, 20 dudes we know that are going like Carl Roth, and and like I just named all these guys. We were all going, we were all going to the same same contest, of course, and we're all on the same plane. And by the time we got on the plane, with the flight attendants, just like you guys, just got to shut the hell up. I mean, you guys, we're, we're trying to get this plane off the ground, and you guys are like burping and farting and throwing stuff and yelling, and you know, uh, it was just that kind of stuff. <laughs> the stuff that I remember that I loved, you know, just being, being, you know, sixteen, seventeen years old, and like, you know, I would think back, like, it, like I didn't play like high school sports, and like the, you know, the football team didn't go more than like 10 miles away and here we are we're 16 and we're going to california for the week no no supervision no money we just hop on a plane and go like one time my dad my dad was taking us to the airport we we're going to a contest in, in texas i was in 11th grade and my we got there my dad goes well who's like who's your chaperone and we're like i think gary is and gary gary was <laughs> two years younger than us you know my dad's like wait you're getting on the plane and you're going there how much money do you have i'm like 40 bucks and my dad like gave me like all the money he had in his pocket, which was like another 40 bucks. So I'm going to Texas for, for three days and I have, and I have $80 and we thought nothing of it, you know, it was just crazy. So like the shit we, I mean, for me to travel today, if I just got to go across the street, I got to bring a lot of shit. But uh, back then, you know, you traveled light and had a ton of fun, you know, it was awesome. Yeah. I, for me, like, 
what was there anyone dude that you that surprised you about like okay this is and when i talk about like the personalities they played like rl in the magazines to me always came across kind of cocky and and kind of like no no the exact opposite it is when you meet him when you meet him he was confident he was confident because he was probably so comfortable he had been he had been riding he he was the scene he he watched the beginning of bmx when bmx started he watched the beginning of when freestyle started he was there for the beginning of everything and um maybe that's why he and i like hit it off back then because i was a little kid that loved watching what was going on and maybe he was looking at me going like man this kid has some enthusiasm you know what i mean he loves what's going on here and he had been in in it for so long but he was um dude he was he still is he's the he's not only is he one of the nicest dudes you'll ever meet, he's the most honest dude. Like when he talks about stuff, he's so honest about stuff he did and stuff he likes and stuff he doesn't like. I mean, he's a super great guy for him. When he got back into it, I was, I was so excited because I would call him like once every two years just to keep him in the loop, you know? And I would just be like, Hey man, what's up? Just call him to say hi, you know, what's going on. And he would ask about like, I remember early on meaning like in the two thousands when I'd be like talking to him, He'd ask about Dennis McCoy. He's like, dude, I put on the X Games. How's Dennis McCoy still doing like 540s at 50 years old? And he was like, my back's all screwed up. But so um, yeah, meeting meeting RL was definitely awesome. And just and just being the dude's friend, like I'm just a little kid, you know, and just like, but there's like all those dudes, like Brian Blyther and like all the guys from Haro. You know, you just like there wasn't anybody that I was ever just like, man, this guy's a total dick. You know, I mean, everybody you know, was, was so cool and so much fun. You know, speaking of like Blyther, we, you know, we did that, we did the episode with the Haro team, the like 85 Haro team, right? We had Nori Wilkerson, we had Blyther on the show. And one of the things that really like got those guys worked up and like really jaw jacking was the stories about what they did between tour stops, like all the hijinks, you know, Nori getting thrown in jail and, just all that stuff, right, dude? So we all know, like, there's the contest, and then there's everything after and before. Like, what? Like when you look back, dude, and I know you love stories, and you got a ton of them. But what are some key highlights, dude? I don't. I'm not saying to get anyone in trouble or whatever, but like, give me some of your oh, tops, bro. I want to I mean, know like <laughs> what happened after you get back to the hotel. Yeah, the easiest one, and I I don't even gotta. It's I've told it six times on podcast but it's the whole microwave story like that that is the gnarliest one that and that her that happened early on like that was like your standard bad afa hijinks where you know the poop in the microwave and then um i i actually just i i just talked to joker tola about it the other day and he i forgot he said everybody got kicked out of the hotel we had to leave our hotel and like go to another hotel like the hotel it didn't burn down but there was so much fumes and all the between the poop and the microwave catching on fire. Like everybody had to leave and it was a mess, but, um, that kind of stuff. Like, um, I know that in Ohio in 1980, I guess it was 87. There was a huge, like there were literally helicopters chasing people. Once you, once you got Dennis and Gary on a bike with a bunch of kids, just forget it. Like I did it once went out with those guys one time and that's all it took for me to never, ever, ever go out and ride <laughs> in a city, a strange city 
with those guys because Dennis can jump over stuff like a horse. You know what I mean? He just like jumps this, jumps that, runs, does whatever. And I'm like, you know, trying to go up a curb and get a flat and then I'm stuck, you know? So I learned my lesson the first time it happened where we got, we got in a really bad chase in Ohio and we got beat up and it was a whole mess. And um, so that kind of stuff would happen. But um, just like being out in the hotel in the parking lot um, and just riding, like people would ride for five or six hours, just having these jam circles. And that's, that's when Mark Eaton and the hoods came up with, Hey, you know what? Let's have the York jam instead of, instead of having a contest, the parking lot will be the contest. Let's just go out because you go to a, you go to a hotel and you see Chris Dago out there and bust out the baddest routine you've ever seen. Like just dialed like trick after trick and kill it. And then he'd go out for his run and he would just do like a run and be like, okay, whatever. I'm like, the stuff he just did last night was a thousand times better than what he just did out in his run. So that's the kind of stuff that I was so glad to see. And, um, you know, everything about the contests were good, but the, but the, um, the, the hotel parking lots was, it was just fun. It was just a lot of, a lot of mayhem, a lot of good riding too, you know. Did you, did you have a favorite bike or, or, cause I mean, you were around all, did you, what were, what were some of your favorite freestyle bikes back then? Well, I, I love, I couldn't even get a bike. Like I was spending all my, all my money on, um, on plane tickets. So I, I always had Gary Pollock hand-me-downs where Gary was really generous with his bikes. Like, I mean, I, I always loved the Haro, like the Haro master. Um, the first contest I went to and we were in an elevator and like the second dude we saw was Dennis McCoy. And I just remember seeing his bike and just looking at it going like, dude, he's got Chrome flight cranks, Chrome wheels. He's, he's got, like this green heart, it was just the coolest looking bike in the world. And when I saw that and I saw um RL's um I guess he back then it was an 80, I think it was an 85, but it might have been an 86. Uh RL 22 was all chrome. I mean, when I saw that bike, I was just like dying. But um I always I always liked the RL 22s and like the twin top tube. I always liked just because of torquers. I like torquers when yeah. I was a kid. Uh, would never was able to get one, but, um, so those were the bikes I liked. Um, I mean, like I always like the, like the, the earlier GTs, like the GT, like world tour pro performer, like the white one you'd see. Yeah. Um, so I was, I was like, I mean, if it was up to me, like back then in 1986, if somebody's like, Hey, you can have whatever bike you want. I would have got a Haro master in a second. That's probably what I would have got. Yeah. You know? yeah man. Well, you were, I mean, obviously you, you, you guys had a little hack or a workaround with you, you know, entering the F the AFAs, right? So that way you weren't regulated up to the uh, the bleachers. You could you could be down in the pits and everything. But dude, are you also? I mean, and you had a little routine, your two three trick with smoke bombs and and all that shit, right? But we're like back home when you weren't out flying to a contest and shit. Were you were you on your bike? I mean, what what was your riding? I dude, I can give you the schedule, man. You wake up ride your bike to Gary's house. Then you walk to school. Then you leave school. You go back to Gary's house. You're there all day riding his quarter pipe. Then when it gets dark, you go to, you go to the King of Prussia mall and you ride flatland until you can't ride anymore until you're too tired. Got to go home and poop or you got to get up to school tomorrow. You know what I mean? And you're not hitting the mall shitter or what? <laughs> no, 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 you can't. Well, no, because then your bike will get stolen. 
Right. No, but we, um, but no, we, we had, it's funny. Like we had the same routine for three years. It was go to Gary's house, uh, ride, ride his quarter pipe. Then he eventually got a half pipe and you ride that until it's dark. And then you go to the mall and ride flatland. And then, um, every Friday and Saturday night was the same. You'd stay out all night. You'd get in car chases. Um, or you'd be on a bike, cars would chase you. You ride probably 20 miles from the school to like the little strip mall to the main big mall, the King of Prussia mall, to Burger King, to some girl's house and then someone else's house. And then, I mean, like we just, we were so active. Like, I can't believe like just the amount of miles we put on a 20 inch bike when we were kids is probably it's, it's, we had to have gone 30 miles a weekend, you know, dude. Okay. Now you're, you're a, you're a parent now, right? Yeah. Okay. I Because I do this all the time. I look at my mom and I, I judge so hard because just like, like think about what, what we did as kids, right? Because we all have that story. Like, right. You, you do that collect call where you're like, you know, you record your name after the beep. And it's like beep. And you're like, mom, come pick me up at Ray's house. You know, and then that was, that was your, you know, will you accept a click call from mom, pick me up at race. And you know, that was it, but you would ride all over town. You do all that stuff. Like, do you ever just think back and be like, what was my parents or what was I thinking? No cell phone, no way to like, no way to check in. (laughs) Right. Like checking in costs 20 cents, but it was also a soda. So it's like, I either call home or I die. Right. I need to hydrate. So yeah. Well, here's the thing that the thing that was weird for me was, um, Of course, I'll give you the short version of this. That first contest I was talking about in Ohio, that contest was in May. In April, I told my dad, hey, Wally's going to take us to a contest uh, in Ohio. We're going to go and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, well, who? So, like, who's going and all this shit? And I told him who was going and how we're getting there. And he's like, you can't go. He's like, you're you're in a lot. You're 16. I'm not you're not going to Ohio in the back of a pickup truck. And whatever. So I was so upset. And I'm like, I begged him. We got in the biggest fight. I'm like, you got to let me go. And he's like, you can't go. So I came up with this plan. I said, hey, Friday night, Mario's having a birthday party. Saturday night, it's actually Gary's birthday. And then we're going to go to Wally's house and ride his ramp Sunday. Um, Then we're going to go back to Gary's. And I'm going to go from Gary's house right to school because we're going to be out late. And he's like, okay, no problem. So I said, I'll see you Monday night. And he goes, all right, good luck, kid. See you. Have fun. Do you have to bring anything to this birthday party? Nope, I'm good. I go to Ohio. I ride my bike like I'm going to school. Um, I have a little plastic bag with one shirt and my contact lens solution. And I'm going to I'm going away <laughs> to the contest, right? I ride my bike to Gary's house. I give Wally 20 bucks for gas. He loads up eight bikes and eight kids in his pickup truck. And I ride 11 hours in the back of his pickup truck. And like with, with, with eight people. And I'm like, my son, my son can't go to the park without having his cell phone, 40 bucks for the pizza shop. Um, you know, a ride there and back. Like, and and he's and he's 12 like he's not that much older than when i was doing this thing but i went to that contest and came home and i got home really late and my dad goes like he knew something was up because i had like some shit with me and um and i just said hey dad 
um, I, oh, I was so excited because all my friends won at the contest. Gary won and two other kids won. Um, I said, Dad, I went to that Ohio contest. I didn't go to the birthday parties. And I was waiting for my dad to just, like, kill me. And he goes, did you have fun? I'm like, it was the greatest time I ever had in my life. Did you get in any trouble? A little bit, but everything was okay. Like, there was a big chase. And he goes, don't ever lie to me again. I'm glad you're home and you're safe. And go to bed. And, that, and he didn't do anything. He didn't. He didn't. He could have killed me. But I learned my lesson, you know, and then. Meaning you got to tell him when you're going to do stupid shit. And then he would still let me do it. So, um, yeah, I don't know what my dad, like, I felt that I could do anything. And my dad would just be like, yeah, whatever, you know? But yeah, Um, yeah, dude, you had like, you must have watched Star Wars a hundred times. Like you did the old videotapes because you had Jedi mind tricks. Like, yeah. Bro, how does anyone do that? Where it's like, you ask your dad five times, can I go to this contest? Go to this contest. No, no, no. And it's like, oh, yeah, Friday is this, Saturday is a birthday party, and, and then Sunday we're going over this dude's ramp. And he's like, okay, well, that may, you <laughs> know, it's like, <laughs> you, you fucking. In a, in, a way, in, in a way, though, like for back then, because like we'd be out on our bike so much, I could go, I could go two days on a weekend. Like I could go like Friday and Saturday and not even run into my dad, even though he'd be at home, just because we'd be out all night and doing whatever so i mean like like i wasn't a bad kid we didn't get i didn't get in any trouble you know like in school i was sort of bad but not like i never did anything like you know anything violent or anything like crazy but we just you know i did get in a little trouble but my dad just let me let me do my thing you know and i think i think mostly I'm, I'm i'm super envious and low-key jealous because if i did that like i was raised by a single mom so was isaac i don't know how your mom was isaac but mine would be like Hey mom, um, going to the movies after school. And she'd be like, no, you're not. You're home. You know, like, I'm I, like how'd she know? You know, I know what they, it is. See, I, I was raised by a single dad. See that? Uh, so it yep. was just me and my pops. It was me and my dad and my brothers. And, um, so my dad and my, my dad grew up in a boy's home. Um, and so my dad, like, you know, he gave us a lot of freedom. He let us do a lot of stuff. And he was, uh, you know, I mean, we never got in trouble. So, you know, I think he was a little more lenient where he's like, yeah, you know, go out and do your thing. As long as he knew where I was and um, who I was with, he was kind of cool with it. Like, I didn't, I didn't drink and smoke ever, like in high school. Um, I wasn't like a partier. We had BMX. We didn't, we didn't do any of that stuff. Like all my friends, like in, in high school they were smoking weed and partying. They were drinking beer, like going to parties before school and all that riding bikes with Gary and all these guys. Not, we didn't drink at all. It was like, we didn't, we didn't even have time for it. We didn't need it. It was a waste of time for us. That we were going to go drink because we had shit to do on our bikes. You know what I mean? Well, we were on a mission. That, every have you I got seen something that, to learn. that? Yeah. That meme. It's like, tell your, teach your kids to ride BMX. That way they'll never have money for drugs and alcohol. You know, true. yeah, <laughs> true. Like, I, I, I'd go out and buy a pair of horror gloves before I buy a bag of weed when I was a kid. I needed, I needed tough wheels too. I was, I was rough on rock walks, man. Dude. I would break. I, every time Gary would get stuff from, from CW, I'm like, Gary, tell Magoo you need like some more, some, some more tough wheels because I mean, dude, Gary was our bike shop, dude. Get like Gary, Gary put together like, he sponsored like six kids in our neighborhood. <laughs> none, nobody, nobody like worked or anything. And we, and, and, and parts were expensive and Gary would, 
Gary never sold anything. He just gave it all away. He was so, so generous and helped us out so much with that stuff. It was crazy. Yeah. Dude. Okay. I want to, I want to talk to you a little bit about um, a story that I heard, which, which, I mean, it makes sense, dude, because if you, if you're just listening to this and, and you, you, your history, like most of us is like from the magazines, there's that moment, right? It's that issue where we all learned about Pennsylvania. We all learned about state of, the state of Pennsylvania in a very big way when Hoods. the plywood hoods came on the scene. And I was there. <laughs> that dude, because this absolutely fascinates me. It's like when you look at progression, and and now as a grown up, and I'm looking back at like you now I have the 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 gift of looking back and saying, man, I remember we went from like the rock walks, the hopping tricks, the, 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 you know, rolling tricks, the not, well, not, not rolling like you're thinking, but like frame stands and, and the Rick out, like Rick Allison windsurfers and stuff like that. Um, then it was like scuffing and then it went right to rolling tricks. And it's like that era was the, was the push to where the, the, that old, like it's, it's exactly what we talked about earlier where the amateurs suddenly came to rise. Yeah. It happened. It happened in ramps with Matt Hoffman, almost the same time. And the, the plywood hoods, dude. Well, here's something I just, I just thought of something right now. Cause I'm thinking of the story. I, um, I don't, I love American history, but I don't know if this is the actual thing was. So Paul, Paul Revere was the guy that looked and said the British are coming, right? Wasn't he like looking out? somewhere in boston or something was like hey wait the british are coming i i was him in freestyle because the hoods came to king of prussia to see gary and i ran into him first they went to my friend mario's house and um the story is actually really funny i just told it on on the factor freestyle i don't know if you want me to give you the the short version of it of the first time i met the hoods because it's kind of funny Give me the whole version. For it or- yeah, okay. I have okay. I have as long okay. as you got, brother. Okay, okay, all right. I just I didn't know, like I mean, because I I can go on forever. Um, but so let me let me tell you something real quick about Craig and I. We have waited thirty five years to hear everyone's stories. Oh no! So we okay. we want we want them. Let's go. So, a friend of mine, Mario, lived right up the street from me. Like I grew up with him riding, and um. He was in contact with Mike Daly somehow from another guy in New York named Mike Jones. And he goes, Hey, these guys from York want to come down and they want to, they want to meet Gary and ride. And we're like, where are they from? And he said, they're from York. I didn't even, I never heard of York PA. This is when I was, when I was like 16. Now I had just gone to, I had just been to like the big AFA contest, the one in Ohio where I saw Dominguez and I saw RL and Eddie Fiola, Martin Aparillo and you know, all these people. Um, so, and then I get to ride with Gary every day and Gary was probably like one of the number one amateurs, you know, he was like 15 years old, but he was, he was really good. And these dudes come down from York and it was the first time they came down. It was, it was Kevin Jones, Mike Daly and Dale Mitzel. And when these guys showed up, my friend calls me and he goes, he goes, Hey, those guys from York are here. This is like on a, on a Friday night. He goes, you have to come up here and check this out. So I go up there and I meet these dudes and they were like, they might as well have been from the moon. They all had like the, they had the chili bowl haircuts. 
they're wearing like collared t-shirts and like some kind of off-brand like op shorts they got these weird their bikes are all pieced together and weird they talk all funny like you know they <laughs> everything they say they're like everything's like hey man how's that how's that uh ice cream tons great crazy bits man we're like, what what did he say tons great crazy bits yeah man that trick he was doing was crazy bits and so they got this like weird language and um so they're outside of this dude's house and like kevin does a bar ride down the down the road and i'm like i've never seen a bar ride and i'm like dude just did a dude stood up on his handlebars and went down the road and i'm like <laughs> I'm freaking out because i've just come from a contest and saw the highest level of flatland you could ever see you know we got like dennis mccoy and martin aparillo rl osborne doing, and then and i see kevin jones i see this dude it's like these these amish kids come from out of nowhere and they got you know the weird haircuts <laughs> and they're not they're not talking much and Kevin was doing like these, he did like a double, maybe even a triple, like well boomerang. And I'm looking at, and I'm like, I'm looking at stuff I've never seen and I'm freaking out. And then he's doing like, he's doing all these like combo tricks and just tricks I've never seen. And I thought I've seen everything. And then I see this and I'm like, this is crazy. So I call Gary and I'm like, Hey, meet us over at the mall. We're going to go over with these Amish kids and we're going to, we're going to be riding. <laughs> and so Gary Gary meets us there and he's like, and Gary's, Gary's a pretty like shy dude. Like when, when we were kids, he was pretty shy. A lot of people thought Gary was like a stuck up dude when we were kids. He was just really shy. He didn't really get, get talking much unless he really knew you. So if you get Gary's personality and you get Kevin Jones, they're just like, you know, two aliens that are like sniffing each other's butts and then they walk away. Like they, that's kind of weird. And so they're like watching each other ride. And I could see Gary watching Kevin going like dude where who are these people like what's going on and then like so like we, we we had a great time with those guys they were down for like the weekend and then the next time they came down they had they had mark eaton with them and Eaton could do a ton of tricks and so they came down to king of prussia like four or five times in in like three or four months and we were like these guys are crazy and then we would go to a, then we went to a contest and then um and then they were there and then we knew, like, as soon as, like, I remember when we got to the contest and I saw, and I, and I saw Kevin and Mark, I was like, dude, these people are going to be blown away. And then Kevin just did like whatever tricks he was doing. He, and everybody was talking about these guys. Everybody was talking about the, the hoods and all the stuff they were doing. So to be like the first dude to see that, um, it was, it was crazy. I was so happy to, to be a part of that, that I was able to see um, history happen right right in front of me you know and then then they just blew up and they were you know then they were huge but um that was that was awesome to see that whole deal did uh i mean that that's incredible man i mean that's that's like you got to be there just when everything was like here they are and, and that's funny you mentioned the amish kids you know <laughs> paints a really cool picture but look dude yeah. it's like nowadays kids they're you can't go out and ride and do anything without somebody filming a clip for YouTube or a clip for Instagram right. or whatever. Right. When, when you were like back in this scene and things were like, everybody's coming together and you got the plywood hood showing up, you got, was anybody, did anybody have a VHS cam on their shoulder or who was, was anybody taking pictures? Yeah. Was that part of this back then? Or was this just like, hey, gonna if you had a, if you had a camera, it was your dad's and he was a lawyer. Like you had to be rich. Like, right. 
nobody nobody had nobody had a camera um so like like i i remember um mark and kevin used to eat and used to travel with like a with like a old like like the zabruder film camera he'd have one of those like eight millimeter things no. that he would film with and i'm like what are you doing he's like it's all we got you know like i mean i kind of exaggerating but i mean like he really did he had the camera and they, they he would film on that and um but at, at one point when i when i graduated high school i got a job at an appliance store and they had they had a video camera section and they had the little vhs c camera it was 1700 bucks and i'm looking at it and the guy goes this is this is 1988 it's 1700 bucks and he goes oh you like that camera i'm like dude i'm like 1700 he goes dude this camera i mean that camera was like having an iphone back then and i'm like dude this thing's crazy and the guy goes well you know what you can get it if you want he goes he goes hey he goes we, we can take a hundred bucks out of your check each week until you pay it off and and at this place i was making six bucks an hour so i'm like dude i can have that wait you're going to give me the camera now and i can use it and they're like yeah it's yours but you're gonna they're gonna um take a hundred bucks out Dude, I showed up at a contest with this little tiny camera, and it was like I just came off a spaceship. People were like looking at it, like, "What is that?" And I'm like, "Dude, it's a RCA VHSC. It's got the little tape, and you, it was." And then I filmed everything. Like, I have, um, I have around fifty DVDs of just dicking around in parking lots, dicking around at Gary's house dicking around over in York. Like we'd go to York for the day. So I just bring my camera and we'd go to a ramp and those guys would be riding flat land and just um, all kinds of stuff. So I have, I have everything, all my VHS tapes onto, onto DVDs. And so like that stuff that I had, like a Viz, um, I, that's, that's from a DVD. I just got transferred. Some guy transferred my whole library for me for free. And um, uh, so I have everything I have, it takes forever to go through the videos, but I have so much stuff like, and then Gary would borrow up like Gary's like, Hey, I'm going to the King of Earth. And I'm like, I, I, I can't go to that. It's in California. Hey, can I bring your camera? Sure. And Gary, Oh, this is great. So Gary, Gary took my um, camera and he calls me like, he calls me like late at night. And he goes like, like on a, on like a Sunday night, he calls me and he's like, dude, I'm so glad I brought your camera. I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, I got Mike Dominguez doing a 900 and I got Craig Grass, Craig Grasso riding nude in the, at Wilkerson's ramp. <laughs> oh, dude, and the I'm enchanted like, run. I'm yes. Like, I'm like, I'm like, when are you getting home? He's like, I'm getting home tomorrow. I'm like, I'm picking you up at the airport. I'm like, dad, let's go get Gary. And like, I went with get, I, my dad took us to the airport. We picked up Gary and I went straight to Gary's house and put the tape in. And, and it was Dominguez almost doing a 900. Like he came real close. And then, the whole, um, the whole uh, Grasso being nude. The first dork in York, the first dork in that Mark Eaton did, he charged me $10 for it, okay? I paid $10 for it. When I popped it into my VCR and watched it, If say it was an hour long, 40 minutes of it was my footage. Oh, <laughs> I, I, you paid I for your video, own footage. I, yeah, I would videotape stuff and I, I gave them all my footage. So all the, like contest for, and I'm exaggerating again. It probably wasn't, wasn't 40 per 40% of it, but, uh, or 40 minutes, but, um, there was a lot of my footage in there and I thought it was awesome. It was, it was great, but I had, um, 
I had so much footage of just just riding and stuff. So, that, dude, I that love ever. that. I love that story because, dude, that the footage of Gra. Okay, we all heard about Grasso riding naked. The only yeah. footage that the rest of the world, us normal people, saw was on a Dorkin video. And to find out, like at the end of your story, like, oh, dude, Gary shot that. It had to be Gary's Gary shooting yeah. it on that camera that you're talking about. <laughs> So the, yeah, that's the, that's why I brought it up. Yeah, Gary definitely Gary filmed it on, on my camera, and then we gave dude, it to Ethan the, the thing. You guys go <laughs> right now. Just go to YouTube and search Craig Grasso Enchanted Ramp, and that you will see the footage of uh, Ray's that that Ray's camera took that then, cost him a hundred dollars a paycheck. Yeah, and the worst part is that that actual tape, like three years later, I went to I went to Arizona to visit my brother because he had just had a kid. And I didn't have any VHS tapes of the VHS thing, so I just popped the tape and and I taped and I taped over Grasso's naked run. I was like, oh. no! like I'm like popping the tape. Oh, here's Steve and his little baby. And then like when it was all over, you see Grasso like pulling his underwear up. <laughs> like, oh my like, god! I, I taped over it. So the original footage got taped over, but. So that's so funny. Well, shit. it lives somewhere. I mean, basically, it's yeah, yeah, it lives somewhere. But yeah, I could feel yeah. your pain on that, bro. Do you? So you've got literally a time capsule of videos, like like Bill Bachelor popped open that time capsule, and all these photos. Yeah, came yeah. Out. Bro, do you ever think about like turning those into a video clip that, yeah, and then making the a series out of it? Yeah, all the time. Because I mean, like I said, one of my best friends is Mark Eaton, and he's a video editor. Like he does that all day and night, and um there's a lot of times where i'm like it just it's just that it would take time and it would take the interest like i mean it's definitely interesting um but i would i i could definitely do like a best of large rays nonsense and not even not me not me but all the others but the stuff i filmed you know what i mean or what other people filmed that i got that i have the footage of a, a friend of mine jim delaval his dad videoed the first like 10 contests that ever came out like for the afa so i have all, all that footage where his dad literally just sat there at at cart in carson california development room and taped every kid's run and i have the tape you know or Dude, video so we i i did we did this for we did this for the when when the haro team came and hung out and they were like oh yeah it'd be cool to go do this like tour again i'm like crowdfund it i'll help Bro, yeah. how much how much GoFundMe money do you need to uh, to yeah, to get you, your archive on YouTube you so want, the whole world can see it? Uh, talk to I mean, it has to be somebody like Mark. I mean, somebody either Mark Eaton or somebody like him. Like, I would absolutely donate the footage and be like, here, whatever you guys want to make of it. I mean, it's it's hours and hours and hours of footage. I mean, it's just like goofing around in hotels and like there's this one there is this one where the whole where the gt guys we all stayed at a hotel that was like half of it was like abandoned they're like well don't go to this part of the hotel because it's closing down because they're renovating it to make it into like a dorm so we were riding our bikes through this hotel <laughs> and we were like putting tables we were putting tables like these big 10 foot tables on the stairs and we're just flying full speed and launching up these chairs. And then, then we find an arcade and we broke into every machine and took the quarters. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> just like, it's just all kinds of nonsense, but I have tons and tons of footage. I mean, if somebody, 
it's not even the money, it's the time. If somebody had the time to go through it, and all they're doing is putting DVDs in and, you know, and uploading them to YouTube or whatever. I mean, yeah, I could do a page just like, you know, like large race home videos, 1980, 1986 to 1994 or something. And just, and just have like all the backyard sessions at Gary's house and, uh, you know, the, the days we would go to York and just, you know, go to the rudders parking lot, which is like a, which is like a seven 11 go to rudders and they would ride for seven hours, you know? So I do have a ton of footage. I nominate eighties um, BMX Craig as tribute, uh, to do that. Pete, like, <laughs> bro, Craig, I just need you to, to upload videos to YouTube, bro. Just call it like one. And it's just that clip. And we'll just call we it one, make two, this three, happen, bro. Yeah. I, dude. Yes. Call it the 43 archives, please. Yeah. Well, here's, here's dude. the thing is the, the, the guy that made me my DVDs, his name is Jeff. I can't remember his last name. So it's an S. I gave him all my tapes and I said, here you go. He goes, if I could just make a copy for, 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 for myself. I'm like, yeah. So he gave me three stacks. He goes, this is yours. This is Warren's and this is Gary's. I go, wait, why'd you make one for Gary and Gary and Warren? He goes, cause I was, I was watching them as I was, as I was duping them and it's all like Gary and Warren are in these, these videos. So I just figured I'd just make them a set too. So I have three sets of these copies basically. And I could probably like, if I gave somebody a copy to use, you know, it wouldn't be that hard for me to like, you know, I wouldn't think like, Oh, I'm never going to get it back. Cause we have two other sets. Um, I would need them back, but you can just upload one each day. But see, there's a lot of shit on there. There's a lot of like, it's a lot of, it's a lot of, it's 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 pooping in microwaves daunting it's like it's like 45 it's like it's like 45 dvds but it's maybe there's only like two hours of footage on each one maybe i'm not i'm not i mean it's a lot of footage but it's not a lot of footage but the content of it is awesome you know what i mean like there's just like there's just stuff that's good you know so that's amazing dude okay uh i want like I, I'm going to show something real quick, you guys. This this happened really quick. I was on a I was on a podcast when I met Ray, and we started talking about BMX. And Ray is right up your alley if you are watching this right now because this stuff right here will absolutely make you walk down memory lane. Look what I got from Ray, and. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be really transparent and uh, really vulnerable for a minute because I even if I go let me just cross out my address and your address, but basically I have a large rate autograph because like I kept I opened it with a with a up here I opened it with a razor blade so that I could have a a large rate because I look at it and I'm like this looks exactly like the the handwriting i would have seen in homeboy magazine and so like for me dude you have you are such a big part totally of the so of the, it's the nostalgia of my childhood dude like this when when i went out to the mailbox dude and i saw i'm just gonna fold it over like i saw my name scribbled on there like that i'm like this took me back instantly to being 15 years old oh, that is so awesome and you guys i'm just gonna show you what's in here i'm gonna have you explain one of them and then the other two this is mostly just a flex like who has 
who has that on oh. a sticker. Yeah. And, <laughs> and Mark I get, Eaton, that's I get the lungs. Yeah. Right, dude. This is like this is the iconic like photo. This is it on a sticker. Yeah. I, this, love, and, I love that photo. That's my favorite freestyle it's, photo. It's so good, dude. And then this one, you'll have to. I, I heard the backstory, but but you gotta explain like the 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 story behind that. So okay, we want you um you want to talk about the John, the uh, John sticker? Yeah, just just tell me like the ramp yeah. of the John thing. Yeah, because it's yeah. Like I hear it all the time, people like in Philly talking about their big rippers and they're like, got my new John. And I'm like, I have no yeah. idea what you're talking about. So I was at a sprocket jockey show in the early nineties and there was a Philly cop watching the guys ride, ride the half pipe. And somebody did a three sixty up the side of the half pipe, big Philly cop, full uniform gun. hat, And he goes, damn, he goes, that boy just ramped up the John. And I went, I looked at him, I go, what? He goes, new ramped right up the John, man. My cousin can do that. He ramped right up that John, do the flip John, and come down and go right back up the pipe jump. He's on that pipe jump going up in the air. And then he goes up that John, comes up, and I'm like, ramp up the John. I'm like, holy shit. I'm like, that's a word right ramp because they say John for everything around. I said, my son says John, his friends say John in Philly, a John. Is if I like your hat, I'll be like, dude, that John is fresh. Like that John is it. So when the X Games came to Philly, we made we made shirts in 2001, um, like Philadelphia welcomes the X Games, ramp up the John, and we made like a hundred shirts and we're just giving them out to people. We're just we aren't selling them. We're just everyone's wearing John shirts, and then people are like, hey, where can we get those John shirts? And then we ripped off the Homeboy logo. We made shirts. That sticker, we put that on the back of a shirt, and everybody, like from back in the day, loved it. They're like, dude, it's the homeboy, it's the homeboy font, you know, on a John sticker or John shirt. So that's so dope, dude. That one, uh, that one sticker, Isaac and uh, and Ray, check it out. Like the one of Large Ray with his with the back wheel tacoed out, <laughs> right? Dude, I put so much shit on my, I have a, you know, 80s BMX Craig Instagram page. Just, I throw just tons of like old school photos, freestyle, racing, whatever is 80s, 70s or, or whatever BMX from back in the day of all these guys, you know, and I'm not saying that people don't know you, but when I put your picture up of that, Isaac, go ahead and talk. There you go. Right there. You can see it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah when I put I that story picture, about that photo. Yeah. When I put that picture on my page, people were like, Oh, dude, that's sick, bro, bro. And then someone wrote, dude, that's large Ray, you know? And everyone's like, yeah. And it's like, it's part of like the history, like that photo and who you are. And people were just, some people are like, dude, what is that? And I'm like, dude, that's large Ray, you know? And it's, it was so cool. And then everybody was talking like, yeah, it's a dope photo. And, and, uh, it's those things like that, making a sticker out of that, making ramp up the John out of a club homeboy sticker. Like that's the kind of shit like Isaac and I, and Isaac was at my house looking at my sticker collection. And it's like, that's the kind of shit that I want. And everybody wants because they get it. They get club homeboy. But when it's written in like pump up the John, it's like, dude, I need that. I need that sticker. Said, pump up the John. <laughs> I got to pump up the John, dude. I mean, you're you're but see the thing is and people may not know this dude like you yes. make stuff like that but you, like isaac 
Large Ray's also a collector of stuff, bro. He collects yeah. a ton of stuff. Dude. I respect that. That For me, that's, that's the thing. Like having stickers from Large Ray is huge. Like on the, when you talk about the sticker economy, right. And like thinking about like, oh man, I got the sticker from the Harlow show and, and yeah, man, I'll trade it for that. Like, oh no, man, that's that sticker that you're trying to trade me my Harlow show sticker for. I could have bought that at a bike shop. You're going to have to come stronger than that to get my new John. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> to get the John. To get the John. You're not going to get this John. But dude, like that to me, like I was like, oh man, I'm putting on my helmet. But I'm also now I'm like, dude, I now I know like, okay, there's not a whole lot of like the, and those are repop stickers. I'm like, dude, I, I don't even want to put the repop stickers on my helmet because I don't know if I'm going to have this helmet for 10 years. Is this my last helmet? It has that much well, value to me. <laughs> that's why I gave you a couple because if you get one, you don't know what to do with it. And I thought right. if I gave you one, you weren't going to stick it. Yeah, I mean, you have to put one on a bike. You have to, you yeah. have to, like every bike I have, which isn't a lot now, I have it on the head tube, you know, mm -hmm. like on the very front because you have to have a, I can't have a bike without a homeboy sticker on it. I need, the, I need to. The golden rule is if you only have one of them and you collect like I do stickers or like old school, like original shit. You don't stick that one. You, if you get two, you got to slap the second one on. You can't have two in a box and, and so on and so forth. But yeah, man, it's like, what do you do with? All, I mean, the, the stories behind them, too. Like, if you can show someone like, yo, I got this at a horror show from and then you, you know, you got it. Maybe you got it from from Matt Hoffman or maybe you got it from so and so. But it's like having the what do they call that the the backstory or whatever with the with the sticker or the the merch yep it ups the it ups the yeah value on it ups the ante bro yeah it's because you think about it dude like we're all chasing nostalgia right it's like like ray I, before the before you before we we hit record i asked i know ray has something that that i know everybody wants to see you've seen it before but you want to see it again and you're going to see it again but you're going to have that same kind of like throwback nostalgia. It's going to take you back. Um, and there it is. So it's, we're all chasing nostalgia. So you look at like what, like is there's value of something, but then there's like this stuff that like that helmet, right? This thing is I'm going to put it on. I haven't had it on. In Don't cry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you got to talk, my, Ray. Talk, Ray, so we can see it. Tell Show that helmet and and oh, you just lost him. I wanted to show. I'm gonna have him show the helmet, dude, when he joins back in, because yeah, that that in. helmet, that helmet, dude, has so much history to it. That that helmet is so iconic. Well, and that's and that's like what I want. You know, Ray was around for everything, and he was in the middle of everything. You know, like asking him about the video. Like, did you get photos? Of course he got photos. He's got a whole video library of this stuff. Now we can even talk about his helmet. And here he is back in, in yeah. the into the mix. But, you know, I want to see just like you and I love shit like this. Yeah. And I want to see and hear about what Ray's got in his arsenal, dude. I was trying to I was trying to bring up my old Big Ripper, my original Big Ripper. The first one I ever got, um, Ray, had a, had Club Homeboy on the forks. I was yeah. trying to bring it up like I had that made. Um. Okay, dude, the helmet. This this helmet, you guys, you've all seen it uh, on multiple people. <laughs> yeah, so, I had it at a contest. I took it to that contest. Um, I, I mean, I took it to all the contests, but the one contest in Arizona, 
Um, nobody had a helmet. So Kevin Jones grabbed it and wore it. I think Blyther may have wore it. Uh, Craig Gropson may have wore it. Um, it was just like the community helmet at that thing. And that's when it was brand new. Um, I remember Wendy Osborne took a picture of it. Um, I mean, if you went on my Instagram right now, I have a billion photos of stickers and bikes and the helmet. And you can like scroll through and maybe pull some up if you have that capability. Yeah. yeah. But, um, but I did, I did just talk to Gork and I said that um, I'm going to go out to the, to the hall of fame for the induction of uh, Kevin Jones and uh, TJ Lavin, who's a good friend of mine. And, uh, and I said, Hey, I'll bring the helmet just in case. And he's like, Oh yeah, we have a, we have a spot for it in the, in the freestyle spot because he remembers the helmet and there's a really good picture of Kevin wearing it that bill bachelor took um that he just posted so um yeah to have to give this to the hall of fame is going to be the greatest thing ever like i've had people ask me like hey you have you sold the helmet i'll i'll buy it off you and i thought of selling it i was like yeah i'd i'd, I'd rather just give it to somebody who really appreciates it. like somebody who has like a big collection that i that i like you know like somebody cool and then but if it's going to go to the hall of fame um I think it's pretty awesome. So yeah. that's, where, really that's where it belongs. That's yeah, where it belongs. It does, man. Yeah. Isaac, then it's everybody's helmet. You know, yeah. you think about yeah. it. It's that is yeah. just such a cool thing. And I love <laughs> is that pe- is that the end of like pegs glued on or what what yeah, the- they were they were they were from Peregrine. If it, it's hard to see there you go. Yeah, they're 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 peregrine uh, ends to a to a peg, and I just put them on there. I kind of was thinking they were like Frankenstein bolts. Yeah, kind of high, and then Dude, that's and then hilarious. one of my big sponsors back in the day. The only person to ever sponsor me was R.L. Osborne. He paid for my entry fee at the um in New Jersey, and I so I was I was sponsored by Hammer, meaning they gave Dude. me a bunch of clothes and paid for my entry fee. And that was to me that was like that was like being on Haro, you know, <laughs> like R.L. gave me all this Hammer stuff, and I went out there and they announced me as like you know writing for hammer and i was just like holy shit that was pretty fun you know dude but, rl uh, paid your entry fee bro that is so dope you know what i mean like he think loved, about that like, he loved it he was he thought he thought it was great that i'd go out there and ride you know and go out and do like i didn't have a lot of tricks but it kind of broke up the whole thing like there'd be there'd sometimes be a hundred people in your class you know and so like you see you know 30 kids in a row do the same tricks with the same song and then i go out with an eyeball helmet on and do some tricks you know we used to make jokes dude that like literally every afa contest could run with the beastie boys cassette and that's all you needed yeah you know that's maybe you maybe metallica day. maybe metallica yeah. one one metallica song and then just beastie boys or run yeah. DMC. we always run talk DMC. about on that we always talk about like showmanship you know who was the who in freestyle like who was the who was the the consummate showman, whether it be Eddie Fiola, whether it be Kevin Jones, like all these guys had style and all this. But now that I think about it, dude, like you brought just that extra element, right? Like you were the consummate hype man. You were the, you know, I don't want to call it comedic relief or anything like that, but like as things just got like repetitive, repetitive, and then, you know, here's Ray with his eyeball helmet uh, well, running that's the one thing I was saying one time when like the, the one con like this, like the smoke bomb run, I was, I was at the CW factory trying to get, I was trying to get a, um, a, a uniform. I was like, I, I got to enter a contest with like a uniform. And the biggest, the biggest Jersey they made was a large, like a dude 
six two, three hundred fifty pounds isn't going to get a isn't going to squeeze in like some Haro leathers. So I always make a joke that I was the first dude to like bring the street movement to like to like the <laughs> like the, like the whole like no like a year later nobody had a uniform on. I was the first guy not to wear a uniform. I had painter's pants, black Reeboks, a, a tie dye Led Zeppelin shirt, and a and a Buffalo check um, flannel, and that's what I rode in because that's just what I wore. I didn't have a uniform. So when I'm lined up and you got like Ruben Castillo and all these dudes, like these little tiny dudes with their, with their bright colored, nice fitting uniform. And I'm, and I look like the janitor came to see his kid ride and I'm going <laughs> to on my bike, you know? So I'd break it up. It'd be like, you know, and here goes Ray. Oh, and by the way, he's going to put smoke bombs on his bike and pedal around, you know? So it was just, it was fun, man. It's just stuff you did, man. Still got more coverage than everybody else can buy, bro. I'm just it's true. I know. It's, yeah. true. it's true. Well, see, that's the other thing, too, is I was I was really good friends with all the guys in the magazines. Like 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 Mark Loon and I, like I used to talk to them all the time and call them and just like hang out with them at contests. And then Scott Town is like one of the coolest dudes in the world. So I got to become friends with him just by chance. He's working for a magazine. Then Carl Roth was my buddy back when we were, you know, in the contest together. And then he's like, now I'm working for BMX Plus. So Carl put me in every every issue he was a part of, he put me in. He would yeah. put me in the beginning of every, like the first couple pages. He'd have me like eating a burrito or eating a hot dog. And it would say like, hey, Ray broke his ankle doing a 360. Gary said that he sucks. And then, then he'd have a picture of me when I was a kid playing a guitar. And he'd say, try and guess which rider this is from back in the day. People were like, is it Greg Hill? And they're like, no, it's Ray. So he would <laughs> he would put me in. Uh, like I, basically I was filler for the magazine and I just happened to be Carl Roth's friend. So he put me in, but kids remember that when you, when you're 13, you open up a magazine and you see a fat kid on a bike, you're going to remember him, you know? So. Dude, that's, I, I look at it like, dude, like I, I think I've said this like three times, like you're, you're like everyone's buddy that like made it though. That's, that's the coolest part. Like you were, you know, everybody was like, they had sponsorship, they had help, they had support, but it was like, man, that, that dude, that dude is just in it for freestyle. Like I am, you know what yeah, I mean? Every, and, every group of friends had a, had a large ray. You know what I mean? Like yeah, every, every yeah. group of, every group had your kid that was good. The one kid's parents that had some money, the other kid who had the hot girlfriend. And then you have the one kid that's really not that good, but he makes everybody laugh. And he's fun to be around. You know, like everybody had, I just happened to, I just happened to have, you know, Gary Pollock, who was everywhere and we hung out and it just, when we went places, we just, uh, we got recognized and known as being nitwits, you know? So I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to wrap it up, dude. And, and I want to ask you for me, one, one final question for this interview. And I want you to come back uh, and, and do this again, because yeah. I, I just want, I want to hear all your stories, bro. Um, I'm going to ask you probably the, hardest- the surface. Dude, we haven't even got into like, I mean, I want to talk about like, what was it like? What is was Lou cool? You know what I mean? Who was cool? Lou, Andy, like who was that kind of stuff? Um, For me, dude, I'm going to ask you probably the most difficult question I could ask. Um, But if I just say right now, freestyle, give me your first memory. Freestyle, what's your favorite memory? Like the first one that pops into your head that you're like, man, that is the most memorable. It doesn't have to be. It could be a, a, it could be, I was practicing for the smoke bomb run. 
what is what is it dude what is your most cherished or like favorite memory and i'll let you think about it for a second and i'll just you know i mean probably probably the the two that stick out right now just like you know and there's a million of them probably the first time i saw probably the first time i saw gary in a magazine because gary and i were like arch enemies when we were kids gary was like the new kid in town and he was really good and like my crew of friends we all sucked and then this kid from pittsburgh shows up and he's got a quarter pipe and he's good and he's maybe sponsored and one of my friends took me to a we went to a newsstand and he's like that that dude gary's in freestyling magazine and i'm like freestyling magazine and we looked and i saw gary and i was like dude this is for real like like this stuff that we do is like this kid took it to the next level and then like the next year gary was in in one of my classes we were in like a study hall or something and it's a whole long story how like gary and i like met each other but we went we were in a class and we <clears throat> we uh we didn't know anybody but I knew that he rode, he knew that I rode, and we became instant friends because we had the we had to stick together. It was like it was like when you're in jail and you're you know, you're like that dude's one of me, you know what I mean? So we kind of had to stick together. And um, so so seeing Gary in the magazine for the first time made freestyle real for me. And then probably my biggest moment um that was just awesome was Matt Hoffman doing the 900, like being there and seeing Matt. Everyone was talking about the 900, like Dominguez is doing it and landing it, and Volker was doing them and almost landing them. But to see that 900 and when he stuck it, like slammed the landing, and everybody went nuts, and that was awesome. And I have the and I have the watch that fell off his his hand. You know that story. We'll talk about that next time. Dude. Matt Hoffman, when he lands, he his he lands and his pop swatch falls off his wrist, and you can see it in the video. Yeah. I have that watch up in my room right now. That's a whole nother story. Damn, Dude, <laughs> next next time, next time I want all the memorabilia, bro. I just want to like have Ray's Museum an episode. Yeah, I don't of have Ray's a big, Museum. yeah. I don't have a lot of stuff. I have a lot of the pictures of it now, but a lot most of the stuff I have like that one box, that mud box that I brought up that one day that yeah. has a bunch of stuff. But I had um I have stories of how it all went away. What was but it? I what was it like? What was it like to seeing yourself in a magazine? Seeing yourself in a magazine. Oh, it was. It was the, I remember we were at, we went to a bike shop and uh, Gary and I and a bunch of friends went to this bike shop to get the new freestyle. And it was the it was the Florida issue, and there was a and there was um, a picture of, of a bunch of us cheering for Diz, and you could and I had like a big afro back then, and there was like me, Gary, Chris Dauchy, Frank Garrido, and it was like a a shot of our backs cheering Diz. And I was like, Oh my God. I'm like, dude, I'm in the magazine. That's crazy. And then we turned the page and I was pulling Gary's ears out as he was making a, a face. And it said, Gary Pollock and large Ray up to no good. Oh. I, I, I think it said large Ray or back then they called me Raybo. It, it may have said large Ray. I'm not sure. Cause lose the one that gave me the name large Ray. Dude, I saw that magazine with me in it, like, and Gary, and I was in there with my buddy Gary, and I'm just like, like, a year and a half ago, I'm at the magazine stand looking at Gary, dying that he's in there, and then, um, and then I was in there, you know, just like doing that goofy thing, um, but then like the first time I got in one, like on a bike, I was just like, wow, this is crazy, you know, 
it was it's really i mean and i saved all of them and um and i was in a lot of magazines like i didn't realize until like later in life i was going through all the magazines i was going to like make like a collage of like all the times of the magazines and having three friends that worked at three different magazines i got in a lot of magazines <laughs> dude it, yeah you're you're in every you're in every month Every month, it, my childhood. You're in every month of my childhood, dude. It's so great. Um, Craig, any final any final questions? Man, and you know, I'll, I'll just be my typical Craig self. I don't try to ask a final question because Isaac nails the final question, bro. Nails it. I'm not. I'm not trying to follow that fucking that coattail. <laughs> but I will say this: I like the part tonight. I liked it all, but the one part where you're like, man, if you see someone riding a BMX. If you see someone with a shirt on um, or whatever, like they're your instant buddies, right? I think I just found my instant buddy out on the East Coast, man. Like, dude, I want to come hang out with you and spend hours riding and hanging out and like you know, the York Jam. Go to the York Jam this year. I'm going to have to go to the York Jam. We got some friends out in Pennsylvania too. And I'm like scooping you up into that mix. And it's like, yeah, we'll go to the dude. The York Jam would be dope. But like, you're, you're like my instant brand new friend, bro. And uh, yeah, man, I'd love to came, come hang out. I'm, I mean, this sounds a little like romantic, but damn it. I want to come hang out, dude. Yeah, dude. Awesome. And it's awesome. We we got, okay, please don't let the conversation about getting all of that that footage of freestyle. Because the, the footage that we have, man, it's, there's, you know, thank God for old school BMX TV and the, the videotapes that we had. But dude, there's so much stuff. And you're right. Nobody had like no one had a video camera your story where you're like it's that one one person had like their dad was a was a was a lawyer like there's one kid in my neighborhood that had a quarter pipe and their dad was a was literally like a, a heart surgeon and they would yeah. record <laughs> so on the weekends we had a vh well they had a vhs cassette recorder so the only footage that ever exists is like either a your parents were rich and they could afford to rent a vhs recorder uh, for a weekend, which costs like more than your bike, uh, yeah. or, or you had, uh, uh, you know, someone, you had that one friend that had one, but there is no footage of that time. And so getting like seen, like, I've never seen Gary Pollock, like practicing tricks. I only seen Gary Pollock. Ah. Perfect. <laughs> right? Dude, we I, have, we have hours of him on his, like, we would just set the camera. We'd have three hours of the camera on. And, and just people rolling up to his house, doing tricks, going inside, doing more tricks, crashing, you know, going in, putting band-aids on, just like hours <laughs> of footage, you know, running Dude. down to the school, doing stuff like it's crazy. Please, please get those discs if they're not already in a, like a fireproof century safe or something. If you tell me they're in a sock drawer in your basement. I'm going to flip the fuck out, dude. But uh, yeah, we got in a sock drawer in the basement, dude. But yeah. no, we have three sets of, we have four sets exist. And I even have the actual, um, I have the, um, dude, I'll even give somebody the VHS tapes. I have the VHS tapes and I give don't need the them anymore. Fame. Give them to the Hall of Fame. I don't want them. They, you'd have to give them to somebody like that. So I, I wonder with the technology, um, if you saw the Beatles thing, they had like the that there was that Beatles thing out, and that it looks like it was shot yesterday, and they got grainy, shitty footage and made it look brand new. I'm wondering if I got these, if these, uh, if the technology's out there now. I have all these VHS tapes. You could make them HD, probably. Yeah. Those I'll give totally. to somebody. 
Yeah, give him the give him get the on it, Get on it, A's, Craig. It's all you. That's your new job. That's your new mission in life. <laughs> oh, get Large Ray. Large Ray is going to give us his VHS tape. It's got the Mickey Connie tape on it. Did I'm you ever see the Mickey curator, Connie bro. tape? Did you ever see the Mickey Connie footage? Do you know no. who Mickey Connie is? No, go. No. Tell me. Go. What Mickey is Connie was the lady. Mickey Connie was the lady that took Dennis McCoy and Joe off of Haro and promised them the world and and took them off Haro and they just like had no sponsorship. That lady, she was like a 27-year-old overweight African-American lady, and she got on my bike and rode Gary's half pipe and crashed three times. And we have it all on video. How have you never seen that? You'll 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 die. You you could do a whole episode of that on this show of Mickey Connie. Tr- she Mick, we have from beginning to end Mickey Conti trying to recruit Gary onto the deal she was getting Dennis McCoy and Joe and uh, Joe Johnson, and she came to her ha- to Gary's house to recruit him. We stole the license plates off her car and she got pulled over. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> dude! dude uh, yeah, come back like on. A- Come back a, a docu series out of that. That's like a Netflix special, you know. <laughs> I I've never heard that story. Like I I have no I I don't. If I read it, I don't remember reading it. But dude, that's like that is I I, I had no idea. Like I thought Dennis very, at the very end at the very end of one of the Dorkins, like Dorkin two, maybe Dorkin three, maybe I don't know what it is. The the video's over, and then there's like eight seconds of of snow of junk and then it just has mickey going over the bars onto her face on his half pipe oh the backstory dude now i gotta go back and find that i gotta go back and watch all right y'all that that is gonna we're gonna wrap this up thank you large ray for coming and blessing us with so many cool stories dude like thank you so much for remembering this stuff for being there and dude giving us opportunity to hear what it was like to be you because you know, like seeing you every every month, man, it was it was that thing where you're kind of like we all lived through you because you were friends with everybody that we wanted to be friends with. So it's like, you know, you look at it and you're like, man, you're the fulcrum of everything. You know what I mean? Like it all revolved around Large Ray, and it's just I, I can't wait to hear more stories, dude. Thank you so much, bro. Yeah, thanks. I got a ton of stories, so we'll do this again. It was fun. I thanks for having me on. Yeah. All right, Craig, send us out, buddy. Oh, no problem, bro. First and foremost, huge shout out and thank you to Large Ray for showing up here tonight on Big Bike BMX. You guys, thanks for showing up again. You know the routine. Always, always love the support and everything you guys do for showing up at the, here at the show and everybody in the live stream band. Thanks for everything that you guys are doing. Always showing up here, always talking to us. During the episodes, if you guys want to hear more of Big Bike BMX content, go ahead and check out our, our audio podcast on your favorite audio podcast platforms. Again, big thank you to Large Ray for all the great stories, for everything you've done, man, for being the consummate hype man, the consummate hangaround in BMX, and for really just creating good BMX memories for, for all of us. This is 80s BMX Craig here on Big Bike BMX. Isaac, go ahead and let's shut this thing down. All right, y'all. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you're still here, you're still listening, you're still watching, this is a point where I say, hey, if you made it this far, go ahead and like the video if you liked it. Subscribe if you made it this far. and we, there, There'll be more stuff like this. I don't ask at the beginning, but I ask at the end if you're still here. Man, 
subscribe, like, I appreciate it. it helps us out, helps more people like you and me find cool stuff to watch about BMX and gives us a little break from real life. Have fun, ride your bikes. We'll talk to you soon. Bye, bye, bye.